What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Planet Creative Podcast. I'm excited for today. It's our first episode with two guests. So uh, first, we got Kay. With, uh, he's the founder of Refill, a CBD company. And then we got uh, my guy, Ty Pat, founder of Playpad Media and head videographer for Inform Stats. So uh, if you guys want to let the people know what you guys do a little bit more, feel free. Start off, Ty. So um, I'm a videographer. I didn't just really come to that. What happened was I went to school for legal studies. By the time I got to the end of my tenure, I realized I really didn't even want to do anything in the legal field. Um, I just didn't want to start over from the bottom again. It would have just been terrible, in my opinion, to um, work for about, you know, 10, 15 years, struggle for the law firm that I'm working for or even for myself, and then hopefully that pay off and then you know, that'd still be terrible and I'd hate everything within that 10 to 15 years of my life. And I just didn't want that. Um, My main thing has always been creating. Um, I always wanted to be creative. I was passionate about creating something. Um, And then one of the biggest things that I realized is I didn't want my next generation to inherit dust. I didn't inherit anything when I was born. So I'm just trying to make a legacy for the ones that are going to come from me and from the ones that have come from those. So that's mainly where it started. Um, another thing that I was big on is mainly trying to, you know, reintegrate the community again, make everybody cool again. Um, right now, the current trend is to go against somebody and not be cool with somebody, canceling somebody. I don't think that's cool. Like, I think people are allowed to fuck up. Like, it happens. Excuse my language, but I think people are allowed to mess up and make mistakes. Um, one of the main things is life. Life is all about work. You can't grow if one mistake you make, somebody (coughs) automatically says, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to deal with you. You can't be around any of us. That's not cool in my opinion. That's bullying in a sense. Um, So that's all where that camera thing goes back into is um, by me having my camera now, I can help the community blend together because now I'm creating a moment and they have a lasting moment. Now they enjoy that. Now they want to make more memories. where I'm from, Norwalk, Connecticut, big shout out. Um, we're not really on the map, I guess you could say. Um, Connecticut really isn't as on the map as other places are. Connecticut is one of the most wealthiest states in America, and Connecticut is a really small state. Um, so just with me saying that, if we all invest that back into the community and we invest that into making movies, you know, making lifetime memories and just embracing each other, we can really go far. And I'm trying to be the bridge to separate that gap. So the best way I could do that, in my opinion, was with a camera. And that's where it all started. Okay. <laughs> um, my name is Kayvon Reed, owner of Refill. Hemp, uh, hemp manufacturer, produc- uh, producer. So when looking at like the history of hemp and whatnot, history of refill I should say I started looking into how can I help how can I become and create sustainability you know and I started looking obviously into the marijuana industry but then I started seeing you know these permits like $200,000 and yeah that's the beginning permit yeah in 2013 so for me you know 
I don't got that. <laughs> so I had to figure out something. So I started doing a little more research and I started looking into hemp. And then I'm starting to see that hemp was the building block of America. When you start reading and you start researching that the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp. Hemp was the main commodity of the colonial times. You're like, yo, why don't I know about this thing? Start doing a little more research, and I see that this one plant makes over 52,000 products. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> you feel me? So I'm like, yo, why don't I know about this? Uh, that's when I started getting into it. And for me, I'm looking to you know, create generational wealth. Once again, uh, have a sustain- sustainability in my life and in future generations. So I figured the hemp was the best way. And just in my journey of handling this hemp is bringing me to express my passion to agriculture. And when you look to see that, you know, you need the earth and you need to have, you need to be able to grow your own food. You need to be able to build your own land, create your own opportunity in your own jurisdiction. It's not more on dependent on the system or dependent on other people because you never know when those people could turn against you. So for me, it's about setting that comfort zone in myself and for my family. So I think it's interesting how you talked about how big of a commodity hemp once was. I mean, right. it's still, it's, once again, it's finally getting bigger because yeah. it's legal again. But exactly. um, yeah, it's crazy how, like you said, the Declaration of Independence was written on. And it's crazy how I've read articles, how you if you make like bricks out of hemp and things like that, it's stronger than the actual foundations of houses we use right now. Exactly. And uh but it's sustainable and all that, and it kind of just got undercut in, you know, I think it was like the early 1900s, early 1900s right? 1900s, yeah. All because of some psychopath who was a big newspaper guy. He owned a newspaper, and then, you know, people so were money and greed. At people were crazy back then, so they uh, eventually flipped it on to, you know, they pulled the race card with it to to then do it against against Mexicans and against the black community. Um, and it's just the the history of it is crazy because, crazy. like you said, it's such a one, it's something everybody should have access to because exactly. there's so many benefits to it, not only with sustainability, like we've been saying, but for, for your own personal health as well. Yeah, um, it reaches all different um, industri- industries in America, or not even in America, but globally, down to medical, down to textile, down to infrastructure, down to technology, down to production. So all of these different industries that one plant can affect, it has to be taken advantage of. And we have to use that opportunity. So, so with your, so do you create products with, with what, with the hemp or are you more of a manufacturer and grower? What we actually do is we start with the growing and cultivation process. And then from there we transition into the processing. So we're changing that raw material into that process material. So it would probably be an oil or that fiber. I actually have some products with me right now. Well, you brought a little bag with you. I like that. Is that a, yeah? Is that a is that a hemp mask? That's crazy. For real, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Sponsored by Refill. Damn, that's dope. Yeah, yeah so shout that, out Refill. Yeah, so that's an all natural hemp mask, face mask. As you can see here, this is the hemp paper. This is hemp paper. Can I touch it? Yeah. 
Oh damn, that's like that's good paper. Heavier. Yeah, it feels like way that's nicer. That's great quality paper. You feel me? Of course, that's the refill dollar right there. So what we got here is actually the fibers. This is the raw fiber of when you break down of when you break down the hemp, you're getting this kind of stringy. So if you can feel here, this is definitely stronger what you said in cotton. Go ahead, pull it, pull it, pull it. It ain't gonna hurt you. Ain't gonna bite. Oh yeah, it is strong. Yeah, it's strong, you feel me? So if we could be able to start making material and things out of this rather than cotton and trees. That's a great, uh, what would I call it, a substitute, you know? Mm. And then right here, this is the, this is what we call the curds. If you see here, these chippy oh, curds. That's, yeah, I got one in my hand right, right now. It's like a little hand. wood chip almost. Exactly. So that's that wood chip that still comes from the stalk of the hemp plant. So that shows you how it's strong. strong, too. That like shows you how strong. It, it's like. Exactly. That like shows you how bend. strong the plant is. It literally doesn't bend yeah. until it snaps. So think about how good of a replacement this is for wood. We wouldn't be so having to cut these many how trees How does it burn down. compared to wood? It's actually pretty fire resistant. The hemp, yep. So um, the building material that's made out of hemp called hempcrete is actually fire resistant, water resistant, bug resistant. Um, so it don't even like it doesn't even like soak up water. Yeah, it won't that, soak see, up looking water. at that, I'm like, oh, that must like soak up yeah, water. Yeah, it wouldn't soak wet. up water or wouldn't That's catch crazy. a fire. It wouldn't catch a fire, and it's also mold resistant too. So it's not getting that asbestos or mold when you're using that building material. So it's all of these like wonders of hemp that people don't even know about or people don't even talk about, and it's really because of mainstream media, the corporations, things like that, because people want to get paid. So it's about just hiding the truth. And having everybody feel comfortable living a lie. So, do you think it's like a? Do you think it's like a, a grand conspiracy, or do you think it's more of like some some one asshole was just greedy? <laughs> well, more more can than go, one can asshole. Can I go I feel with like a, mix it's a of mixture both? of both? Yeah, I yeah, feel like yeah. it's a mixture of both. You know, I feel like it's a mixture of both. Because when you look at uh, living in a capitalistic society, it's about what makes money. And like I said, if one plant can make all of these different um, these different industries and products, and then you can have a thousand companies making these same products. I think the one who wants more money is going to take those a thousand companies and try to just shut off right. the one. Exactly. Damn, that's crazy. So I've actually, I've never felt like raw hemp like that before, but it's <laughs> like, now you want to use hemp too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, have He's you have you ever had like a hemp t-shirt? <laughs> the hemp or something t-shirts, like that? yeah, I have the hemp t-shirt. But for me, and what my goal is, these hemp t-shirts are so expensive, mm. and they make it so out of your range. You know, I know everybody's doing the designer spending ninety dollars on a t-shirt. That's not me. Exactly. They, I tripping. go to the outlets. If I'm gonna get some right. fancy shit, no. I go to the outlets. I'm, go I'm gonna go for the three for twenties. That's <laughs> big Tommy guy. Yeah. <laughs> big Tommy. Though. Tommy got the sale. Tommy got the sale in TJ Maxx. Y'all be playing Tommy, yourselves. Exactly. You know, for the low too. Tommy so got that heat. I tell you, <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger sponsor right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I wish I could be able to bring down the price of this type of material because it's so great. Even the bag, the bag I have here right now. Yeah, hold that up. That's a hundred percent hemp, for real. Mm-hmm. Let me st let me touch it. Oh damn! And it doesn't even like 
feel any different. If right. anything, it almost feels more durable. Exactly. That's like kind of it feels like heavier. That's what I was gonna ask you though about like when it comes to hemp clothing. Is it right? Is it heavier? And and does if it's heavier, does that like take away breathability compared so, to cotton? So the thing about hemp is it actually is um temperature regulated. So if it's hot outside, it's gonna become more breathable. The material itself becomes more breathable. And then when it's cold outside, it locks in. So it's going to keep in that heat. So it really depends on whatever temperature it is. It's going to adapt to the temperature. Damn, that's crazy. So this shit has like a fucking mind of its own almost. Yeah, it's cannabis. <laughs> that's true. So it started off you looking into the marijuana industry, right. right? And obviously the permit was crazy. Exactly. So you moved to hemp. So what is like your next goal or what, what do you, what is your... I guess, dream or, or end goal for this? Is it to eventually do hemp and cannabis or just focus on the hemp side of it? Like where, so where do you see this going? It's funny that you say that because hemp and cannabis is actually the same thing. They're all one and the same. And it's just a matter of once I get the mainstream media and the propaganda making it seem like they are two different entities. Yeah, one has more CBD than the other or THC than the other. The only difference between marijuana and hemp is the matter of the THC, which is the psychoactive effect. Mm. Other than that THC and that psychoactive effect, both of these things are the same thing. Okay. They come in one of the same. Think about first cousins. Okay. That's how I look right. at it. Yeah. So for me, I would say the end goal is being able to incorporate hemp in everyday life. So we're not destroying the earth anymore. And we're actually reju rejuvenating and permutating the earth rather than aggravating it destroying it so think about all wood products are going to be made from hemp products because hemp grows faster too right exactly it's only four months for it to grow and fully mature oh damn so when you start thinking about things like that you know put th put things in retrospect damn so like with hemp can you grow it the same way that people grow uh, marijuana, like can yeah. you grow it indoors or yeah, like you can the, grow it like indoors, you can grow outdoors, shit, like all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah, you definitely can. That's crazy, damn. Because like, so it's like, there's this old farmland. Like I told you, I'm from Poughkeepsie originally. Right. So there's this like, it's there's some farmland out there. Once you get away from the city of Poughkeepsie, and like, uh, there used to be this huge piece of property that was like all cows back hmm. in the day, right? Now I go last like, <laughs> uh, probably a year ago, I went home, and all of a sudden I'm looking, and I'm like. Yo, what the fuck are those? I was like, are those pot plants in yep. the field where this cow used to be? And then I, there's like a barbed wire fence around it and I'd see this sign and it's like, it was hemp. It's they were, uh, yep. bro, a hemp. field, a hemp, like as far as your eye could see this field, bro, all the way to the tree line, which had to be like two miles off mm. the road. Like you could just see plants on plants on plants. So like how fast is this industry growing? Well, from 2018 to present, it has grown over 2,000%, and it's estimated to hit $22 billion at a total industry by the end of next year. Damn. Damn. That's crazy. So, so oh, shit, it was only in 2018 when hemp became legal? I thought it's been longer than that. No. Nope. The, the Farm Bill of 2018. Damn. I think that's the only... I think that's the only good thing Trump did for me. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna kill me for that? So that was so yeah. that was yeah, that was Trump who did that. Yeah, that was Trump who signed the um the farm bill. I said, oh shit, oh, can I curse in this? Yeah, yeah, I good, can curse bro. in this. I right, cool. Yeah, it was like, oh shit, brother, like you know, good looking. 
Everything else you're doing is a little fucked up, but that farm bill, shout out to you, my my G. He gave us that, that bread too. Exactly. He, he is giving he it. is he giving us that stimulus check. That's yeah. true. That is true. Um, so obviously, you know, we got you guys uh smoking C B D joints over here, but right, what sir. and people know you could smoke it, but what other uses for your body could does hemp do? Like how else can you use it? I've seen you know, I've seen lotions, I've seen gummies, I've seen Icy Hots with CBD. I actually use Icy Hot with CBD in it. It's not an Icy Hot Beautiful. brand, but it's another company. But this shit, it works. I got it some really I got works. some hemp seed oil right here. Is So, like, is hemp seed oil and then what people call, like, CBD oil, is that the same thing or are they different? So, it's all in the same. The hemp seed oil is the oil that's actually processed from the seed itself. So it's a little bit more concentrated. Okay. And the CBD oil is the oil that's processed through the flower. All right. I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so the, one's made from the flower. CBD comes from the flower. Right. Uh, the, the hemp seed oil comes from the, the actual plant s- itself, right? The seed. Oh, the seed. The seed. You can use each oh. and individual part of this of this plant. Is it kind of like a like a how people use like like chia seed or like flax seed? Yeah, kind of like the same thing. So with those seeds, you can make milk, you can make flour. Damn. Yeah, these are all these um things that you can make from the seed. That's so crazy. I didn't like. Obviously, I knew it's used for a lot of stuff, but like, I don't know. You could literally almost make anything you fucking need with this shit. Like, it's a hidden gem. So. Being that it's a hidden gem, just like most gems, you got to find them. And once you find them and you try to tell people about it, it's, yeah, no, nah, I don't believe you. You got to show me. And then by the time they see the results, it's way too late. Yeah, so, like, I've been on the CBD wave since it started, honestly, because my mom is, like, uh, back back when, me and, back when I was a kid, me and my dad used to call her, like, the voodoo lady. Yeah. Because she was always into, like, the essential oils right. and shit like that for years. Like, before it became, like... Beautiful. A cool, like, hipster thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Trendy. Yeah, before it became trendy. So, like, she's been on that. And as soon as CBD became a thing, she was talking about that. Um, and so I've been on it for so, so long. I've been on it like it's a crazy drug. But, like, I've been taking it for so long. And it's kind of... It, the effects are really crazy. Do like, you, if I take it in the morning, I feel calmer throughout the day. Right. If, I, if I've just finished a workout and, like, you know, my legs are killing me or something, I put that CBD Icy Hot on and it's, like, golden, crazy. Golden. And the funny thing is, like, you know, everybody has this type of anxiety, especially in New York. New Yorkers, we have a state of anxiety that's so comfortable for us that we forget are that you, we're... Are you from New York? I'm sorry. I don't think you mentioned that. Oh, sorry. I am from Westchester. I'm from Westchester, New York. Shout out Westchester to 914, Grind 14. That's where I'm from. So back Continue on to what you were saying. I can continue, right? <laughs> I definitely did introduce where I was from. So that's one, one thing. We'll get into that later. So just being in New York, you have that like sense of anxiety. So it's like, yo, relax, chill, you know? And then you could go about your day. You could think a little better. You could operate a little more smoother. You don't have that irritation with you, you know? No, I definitely get that because obviously, you know, I'm not from as close to the city as you being from Poughkeepsie. We are considered upstate. <laughs> I would argue that. If we want to pull out a map, we could do that. But, <laughs> but um, you know, even even like there, it's like, it's the same thing. Like people yeah. are just like, 
as soon as you wake up, go, it's go, like go, go. move, go, go. Yeah, and it's the like, only the only way I realize I walk fast is when I leave New York and I'm walking in other places, and I see everybody just chilling, and I'm just down the street, and I'm like. Oh shit! Yes, like, sir. You know, let me slow down a little yes, bit. <laughs> I feel that too when I go to like another state or like down south or something where everyone's like more lackadaisical. I'm like behind people, and I'm like, "Yo, get the fuck!" Like, come on! Yeah. Like, I start like jumping around. Like, <laughs> it's it's funny though. So, um, so you said uh, we could get into a little more about where you're from and all that. Why don't we? Why don't we do that now? So my family's originally from Grenada. That's an island in the West Indies. That's my mom's side. And then my father's side is Jamaica, both of them West Indies. Uh, First generation American. Grandma came in what I'll say the early 80s. She set up shop and she moved to Tuckahoe from uh, Brooklyn. From there, ended up growing up in Tuckahoe. Being in Tuckahoe was one of the most interesting environments I've ever been to because... I'm coming from a West Indian background, and I'm in a con- a white a white um a white community. So it's hard to how should I say it's hard to express my true culture in my environment because these are things that they're not even exposed to. Most times, I'm probably the first black kid that these kids are really hanging around. You oh, know, it's like that t- that kind it, of it basically is that kind of thing. Damn. You feel me? Tuckahoe. So it's it's like you where know where is that? It's in New York. It's uh, right before White Plains. Uh, right, a little bit after White Plains. Like right by Yonkers. Yeah. Okay. Baby Yonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's right next to um. What the hell is that that town? Which one? Eastchester, Bronxville. Which one? Bronxville. 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 See, I played hockey, so growing up we oh, were you always know, in Bronxville. Bronxville. Right. Like, where that that Bronxville is the place with like the. Mad big Jewish community, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that's you know, the... Right? Yeah, Isn't yeah, that Bronxville? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. I wanted to make sure. Big ups to Bronxville. Right. So, you know, growing up in Tucko, it's like, all right, you, you're you surrounded by Eastchester and Bronxville, and then you got Tuckahoe right in the middle, and that got a, I'll say, a decent-sized population of black kids. You feel me? So, no matter where you go in this Westchester community, no, even being from Westchester, we not we, we don't got money. You know, we still on Section 8. We still feeling that type of struggle. So it's that type of understanding and being in that environment and so close, closely exposed to this wealth. You're like, wow, this gap is big difference. Mm. You feel me? I'm 16 walking up the hill seeing kids younger than me driving Beamers. So in my head, I got first car. So for me, I got to hustle harder. You know, I'm work. I'm working... <laughs> I'm working two jobs. I'm caddying, and that's like at 16. I remember getting my working papers as soon as I could, like at 14, 13, just to I need to get some type of money because you're around all of this, and you know your family doesn't have these type of opportunities that these kids in your classroom have. So how do you how do you feel like you got to keep up? Like you feel like you got to keep up, right. you know? And Going that burden, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So for me, it's just about always making sure that I got to provide for my family. I got to protect for my family because if not me, who else? Mm. I'm the one who got the opportunity to to grow up in Westchester. You feel me? Right. The rest of the families in Brooklyn. The rest of the families in Grenada. The rest of the families in Jamaica. So it's like, if I got the opportunity, I gotta I gotta take it all. You know. Mm. So that's where I'm at with it. So that's where I'm from. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was, 
unfortunately, like, the one thing I'll say about Poughkeepsie, as much of a shithole as it was when I was growing up, as much as it's becoming gentrified now, because you got, like, four colleges around there that are all fucking private schools. You know, you got the culinary, you got Vassar, you got Marist, all expensive-ass schools. Same type of deal you were talking about. Everyone there drives Beamers, Benzes, like... I remember a dude at Marist had a GTR. I was like, bro, what the fuck? But, um... Like, fortunately, like, the thing about Poughkeepsie that I loved is, like, there really are so many different cultures in Poughkeepsie. And, like, I've always appreciated that about, like, growing up there. Even though I didn't go to school in the city of Poughkeepsie, I went to school in the next town over called High Park. But, like, Mm. even at High Park, we had kids who, you know, would walk from, like, the not-so-good parts of Poughkeepsie to get a bus at, like, a stop. Like, their parents would essentially lie for them so they could go to High Park. uh, Because at the time, it was a better school. Now, the school's Mm. dropped off. But, um, you know, like even at my high school, like we had, we had everyone, we had rich white kids, poor white kids who lived in trailer parks. There were mad trailer parks. Once you got up towards our high school, we had, Mm. you know, wealthy black families, uh, poor black families, same with all Hispanics, Asians. So like, it was just like, exactly. And even in Poughkeepsie, like, I mean, you drive down main street, you're seeing Chinese restaurants, Indian restaurants, Jamaican food, like. Brazil, all types of food, so many cultures, like, it's, it was, like, nice and refreshing, so, like, I don't know, like, I kind of, it's, like, uh, in a way, I was, I was, I was blessed with being so open to all these other, all these other cultures, a lot lot of people don't have that type of exposure, exactly, exactly, and that's, like, the thing that I, I'm thankful for about growing up in Poughkeepsie, and even, like, New York, because I feel like that's also kind of a a New York thing. Like, New York is really such a big melting pot, especially Mm -hmm. as, you know, maybe not in those Bronxville areas because, like, like I said, I played hockey down there, bro. Them houses are crazy. You're driving through there. Bro, that's what I'm telling you. So, imagine, imagine, imagine going over your friend's mansion and then you're coming back to the apartment, to the apartment building. That's Mm. five, a five, a five minute drive. That shit humbles you real fast. Humbles, humbles to, you. You fast. see, you like what? What's really going on? Right. And at a, like, you felt like you were at a young age exposed to. How do I phrase this? Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say like the evils of the world, but maybe the things that are backwards in um, the world because of like where you grew up. Like you said, you know, it was going to your friend's mansion, but then driving five minutes down the road, and it was like, I'll say. The thing is, yeah, I seen what the world really is. You know, I seen the cover. Mm. Being there, being being that what the craziest thing is learning about slavery and you're the only like you're one of the two only black kids in your class. And they looking at you like and I'm looking at them like and what the teacher that's teaching and the you te- this isn't black. Like it's not black. So they and now so the narrative of how you're getting taught slavery. But the interesting thing, if you're in an Atlanta, exact, exactly. But the interesting part is my kindergarten and first grade teacher were both black. They were black women. So I guess starting off with that foundation right there, having black women uh, allowed me to get a little more comfortable in that environment. Then after that, it's like, oh, now I'm dealing with racism. And now I'm dealing with passive racism as a young black kid. So it's like, how do I, how am I, how am I behaving, <laughs> I guess, and to the say. the worst really is systemic racism, because you don't even really know as a kid that. What's really school, going on. Hold that closer to your mouth, Typer. You don't even know that while you're in school, you're dealing with systemic racism. 
you're just realizing like I'm a kid in school trying to adapt and you know show the rest of my peers I'm as cool as them. Exactly. I have the same interests as them. And then it gets even deeper because it's now like okay, even around these, even around my um the black kids, I'm still West Indian. So they don't really understand. The so they still then yeah. it's then they don't understand that part of the background too. But it's like all right, cool. Like at least I'm around I'm around some black kids. So what do you what do you mean by that? Like the the West Indian thing? Because so me, let me just do a little dab into me. Me, <laughs> I'm mixed with both. So my father is from Jamaica. I'm the first um, generation from his side to be born in America. I'm the first generation from his side to be born in America. Shout out them first generations. Big facts. Big up. Um, my mother's side is all from South Carolina. So me growing up, I've had the beauty of seeing both cultures. Both cultures are black-based, but they're completely different. Right. Um, in a sense, it would be holidays and celebrations, like family stuffs and morals and everything is kind of similar. The best way to describe it would be kind of like Irish and Italian. I've had the beauty of seeing how both cultures actually mix as well. And seeing that, I would say Italians more so move like how West Indians do, um, if I had to give a comparison. Um, just being the sense of, you know, big family, big culture. Um, food is one of our main things that we celebrate with each other. Uh, we stay natural to our own stuff. We don't really try to mix in different, you know, customs or right. properties yeah. and things you know that's that's just how it things is are like, very conservative when you're, when you're, I'm when you're, yeah, yeah when you're when you're raised up you know you're really spoken and now i know a lot of people uh, irish people that are you know taught gaelic which is you know, the hardest um irish language to learn um gaelic but all types of different irish but italians really speak um italian at home like they really really speak italian at home like especially if you're fresh from uh italy it's so, a very conservative culture and another yeah. thing too that I so know. like is there like sorry to cut you off but is there like so like irish and italians like kind of got like throughout his history and even when they came over to america together there they was had, like that little beef, beef. Yeah, you know what i'm saying beef, yes. so is there like that same thing with um yes and no but it's i i say more so it's heavy on the no side no, there's yeah, no I'll real beef more, it's not but beef, it's just but it's confusion the, Okay. It's, so it's if, a miscommunication. So and that's why, and that's, <laughs> that's why I say it's confusion. Yeah. So if we're in a club, so for example, if we're in a club up here, in like a New York, a Connecticut, or somewhere, and dance hall music comes on, or reggae music comes on, and it's like new shit, like shit that came out this year, last year, whatever, the people up here will dance to it, they'll rock to it, they'll love it. If you go down south more, saying you do that, because down south is more, you know, black black people, like up here is a melting pot. Right. Down south is more you have black and white, and then there's a mixture of, you know, sprinkles of different cultures down there. Hmm. Um, but it's more so like that. So being that, when you go play dancehall music down there, like, they look at you a little bit different. Like, what's this? Like, unless it's something that's nationally known. Like, mm -hmm. um, but for example, I knew one of my boys freshman year when I was in college. He was from Virginia. We all know Virginia, and we can all classify Virginia as the South. Now, <laughs> him being from Virginia, that's facts. <laughs> when he when he came up here to Connecticut and he went to school, um, he said that was the first time he met somebody that was Haitian. Same th same look I gave him, and I was like, what, "What do you mean by that?" And he was like, "In Virginia, he was like, there's only black and white, right. really." He was like, "I mean, there's Asian and Spanish." 
He's like, but you really don't see that many Spanish. And then at a lot of HBCU schools, you go to a lot of HBCU schools, which are primarily down south, you go to a lot of those, and it's more so black, black people, wealthy black people. You got your, your separations of uh, uh, economic, I guess, status mm-hmm. of black people at these HBCU schools and a little bit of white people. But like, but I, I feel like it's changing a little. No, nah, it's definitely changed. The narrative is definitely changing right. now so because like a lot of though, because a lot of Jamaicans or whatever West Indies that you are, they've either came with a lot of siblings who've right. had kids who are now you know our age mm-hmm. or people that are older. But look, the thing is, because back to the point you're trying to make about the differences, I feel like a lot of it comes from the mannerisms, the gestures. It's the it's the small things, you know, because in let's say in the Caribbean. You're very, um, you're very hands-on. You're more active down there. Yes. Yes. Right. Everything is done by hand. Right. By I've hand. Right. I've had to wash clothes by hand. Literally, yeah. you have to rub them together. <laughs> dip them in. You have to, and it's, it's so real that you have to go and you have to go catch water. Yes. What do you mean? You have to go. See, like, I don't even, I'm like, wait, yeah, what do you, you mean? You have, to, you have to go, and you have to either, if it if it rained that day, you'll get lucky and there's water in the big jug. <laughs> um, and if there's not water in the big jug, you actually have to go either, luckily if you have a good neighbor, a, a neighbor to go get, get the water, or you got you to go get the water. Mm-hmm. And then from that, you now use that water to now wash your ass, like wash your clothes, you use that water to do whatever most jamaicans and a lot of west indies place and a lot of caribbean places they have like a big drum in the back it's mm. big and black and it just is open and it usually keeps it just water catches water it. It yeah. catches water and and at the bottom is a pipe so it's like so weird then because like i mean i've been to like jamaica and stuff obviously it was on a resort. On a resort. Like, <laughs> it's like a country, so, not a countryside like, where you're going to see that. It's like right? so weird because like, I don't know, like, obviously like, it's two even right worlds. outside the door. Exactly. That's what two I was going to say. Worlds. Like right outside the door of the resort. Like I remember being a little kid and like riding through Jamaica on like the little, the bus, I guess, or like taxi. Like nah, they call them, they call them buses. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a van. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, a, like the vans big, you get at the airport mini, is what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Like they that. Call them, in Jamaica, and like, call them buses. I like literally remember like being like, like one, it's like so different from America. And two, like once I got inside the resort, I was like, this like right outside, like you see people who have like tarps on their roof. You know what I'm saying? Because like, mm-hmm. I don't know if like part of their roof collapsed or what, but like there's tarps on the roof. Yeah. And then like I'm inside this this gated resort and like it's mad nice and like as i got older like low-key like i'm gonna be straight up that shit made me feel weird like right so me and my girl went to uh with my family we went to i want to say was it the dominican republic might have been the dominican republic i think and uh while we're there like all the seaweed washed up on the beach right so like we're laying on the beach but then like you got all (laughs) these people cleaning up the seaweed and me and her were like this like Weird. This don't feel right. Like I was, I was almost like, I'm about to go ask him if they like, got like an extra help? shovel. Like, yeah, help? like because yeah. it. Was, I was just like, this is just like, and then like we got mad close and we were there with this dude. Uh, he called himself El Pollo Loco, the crazy chicken, and he was like one of the resort workers, <laughs> and like he was just telling us like, like they get paid dog shit to work on those resorts, and oh, they're yeah, there like definitely. all day. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yo, def- this is bro, like, it's America, like a scam almost. America bro. is the best place to make money. I don't care what anybody says. 
when it comes to getting paid and finding somewhere to get paid, America it is, is America. Smart. America is a big gold mine. Like, we print money every day. Literally. And the money that we don't use when we print it, we burn it. Yeah. No other country is doing that. <laughs> like America no got the most that. gold in the world. And By a crazy amount, too. Check the commodities <laughs> list. By a crazy amount, too. And we're the biggest, We're I, I, in my opinion, I don't have any numbers to back this up. That's why I say that. <laughs> um, I love the disclaimer. <laughs> you got to. But um, we're the biggest consumers. Like, in this in this state, we are the big or the biggest nation that consumes are products. We? Yes. I don't know, bro. You ever seen Australia? I'm looking at China. In Australia, they'd be decked out in designer for no type of reason. You ever seen, you ever notice that? Like, you ever meet someone from Australia and they're just in, like, Burberry head to toe? You're like, yo, what the fuck? Like, where are you going There is a 14-year-old kid in Chicago that don't even sell drugs that got that same fit. That's true. That That's same 14-year-old kid, there's 10 of them in L.A. And I'm not even talking about in, in the Hollywood Hills, L.A. I don't even want to all of that designer fashion not talk, though. That. that shit, half that not shit even is that. ugly. Not even, it ain't even terrible. worth the money. It's terrible to me. America is, is I'd rather wear, way... I'd rather wear my oh, local no, brand. America is way bigger than Australia. And I say that because you got kids in Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's just one section. <laughs> And you got Queen, like just that little section of New York. Then you got Florida, and then you got Texas. Like everybody has big designer now. True, it's we are the and we are the big, and we could afford it. Yeah, like, yo. Speaking of that, what other saw, country? What other country is giving out money right now? America got three wave, three waves of money. America got money. Nah, bro, nah. Three wave. There's some countries that are you talking about, like the the stimulus, bro. Some of these countries been giving people like two G's a month this whole that time. That is a fact. That, that I did not know. Yeah, bro. Some of these countries been literally given like two Gs, three Gs, the whole person. I respect that. The every month, bro. I'm like, yo, that's see, but that's America where we got fucking money. up. On that though, America still got money. True. America got money, and the thing is, just a matter of learning about how to how to play the game of money because money is a game. Money is definitely a game. But like these islands, like why, like I mean, this might be a. Ignorant or dumb question, no, but like no why? Why don't they question. have like? Why don't they have money? Like money, yeah. Like why? So why has industry never been brought up there so, or anything? So now, boom, colonialization. That's what I was, I was thinking. Yeah, it's colonialization. So, so literally, it's still the 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 ramifications. Yeah, it's still it's still the, the queen. It's still it's okay. still all in the media. I guess yeah, true. A lot of those we islands are, are still like fifty-two years. I'm not saying out of y'all know what I'm talking about. We're only fifty-two years. Wait, what did you say? Out of slavery. 52, said, not I'm not slavery, I'm sorry. Anything. We only 52 years out of segregation. 52 years out of segregation. That's wild. Wait, you heard that? Yeah. That was wild. Oh. We are only 52 years out of segregation. Nah, man. so I, but like, yeah, nah, I understand that. I understand that because there's some people who are but like. That's what I'm saying. That, so we're like, why of, can't people just get the over game that? Of ca- the game of catch up. Like, we trying. It's, like, it's 52 crazy. years, but we trying. Like, But it just makes no sense because like. How is America in trillions of dollars of debt, but still like the power of the world? So what's really money? Because like? money is. Fa- I was just is, about is it to really say that, money? bro. Like you know, is it really money? It's not worth the paper it's printed on. Well, we made up money. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, money's fiat. And that's why I say money's about the digital world. It's about to be about the digital power. You want me to tell you something funny? Corona by, the coronavirus um, was the best way to so, force that. Uh, in college, I I went to SUNY Purchase. Okay. Yeah, got a degree in economics, minor psychology. Shout out SUNY Purchase. <laughs> Ball team, too. Um, so, boom. I had this uh, junior seminar teacher, right? Ah, what's her name? What's her name? 
Professor Shrudy. Professor Shrudy, I'm back to you. All of these years, I was right. Listen, bro. So I write <laughs> what? I write this paper. I write my my um junior thesis is that cash, literally cash, is gonna become non-existent when you see the trajectory of how the um digitalized currency is going. You know? Shout out Bitcoin. And when I presented it, she blasted me. Because she's an old-fashioned economist. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking, this and that. I'm like, I felt so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Hold up, I'm in college, bro. For me, it's like... Yo, who the fuck are you talking to? But I have to keep my composure because now I'm 6'5", I'm black, I'm in SUNY Purchase. I'm in a liberal arts school. I really got to keep my composure. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, let me just (laughs) take a deep breath, walk out, walk back in. Everybody in the class, she was like, yo, she didn't have to OD like that. Like She was coming at me, bro. And I ain't going to front. After that day, I had to switch my whole thesis. Like, my whole um, confidence level was so destroyed. And when I looked at it, the next thesis I did was talking about per capita, how likely can you get wealthy when you live in the projects? What's the likelihood of becoming wealthy? Wealthy. The level of wealth coming from the projects. (laughs) And it's point three. (laughs) What? Like point it's three. not even a whole number. Point three percent. It's point three percent. It's not even a whole number. If you live in a housing authority, so that whole bullshit of like pull yourself up by the bootstrap is like complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. Point three percent. Point three. I got a point three percent chance of pulling myself up, but out of a hundred and becoming and becoming wealthy. Out of a hundred, I got not becoming comfortable. Not chance. becoming comfortable. Becoming wealthy. And that's what I'm saying. Jay Z is that point three out of Marcy Projects. Right. Not saying that there's not a lot of wealthy people out of Mercy Projects, but I'm talking out to the point where he could stop everything he's doing right now and never have to do anything again for his generation. Yeah, he could have done that like he's, 15 years ago. He's so. the point. He's the point, point three, three example to that. So he's the point three mm. that we're that we're just saying. Like, so that's why, in a sense, I always say we only 52 years out. Nah, and I I agree with that statement because I've had you know obviously after fucking. You know the all the Black Lives Matter stuff. Right. There were a lot of people exposing themselves on social media and all that, and there were people. I mean, I was even getting into it with people because people were just saying dumb shit. Like it's crazy. Like uh, it's a way like what you were works. saying. Like, well, why can't people just move on? Like, it's not like that anymore. People are well, too I mean, emotional. If you look at, now, yeah, people but, are too emotional nowadays. Emotional. But it's because they don't know how to like. T- I'll give you some real shit. People don't know how yeah. to really like contain their emotions because. This is the aftermath of that drug wave. Facts. Facts. If we really want to be really real, all of that party, that rave phase, everybody been through it. Everybody partied. Everybody had that moment. You feel me? There was that era, and now this is the aftermath. So when people are really trying to use their brain and really trying to gather their thoughts and their emotions and things like that, and they can't really grasp that, that's the after effect. So a lot you have to a lot of people have to detox because people don't understand how long these chemicals stay within your body stream, especially if you try to live oh that semi now 
Instead of doing all them drugs, you're just drinking and doing whatever you're doing, but you're not detoxing. You're not eating healthy. You're still eating processed food. All of that stays within your system and your bloodline. I think that's like one of the reasons people have been wilding out. I feel like that's definitely a reason definitely. why. That's 100% why. I never I thought like of it that way. your stomach is another brain. That's facts. Your stomach... Wasn't like your stomach... Uh, I'm not the even food, say The food is number thing. one. Food is number one. And that's why I say it's your brain. And that's why this is... And this comes down to the foundation of refill. Back to this. This is what comes down to the foundation of refill. Understanding that it starts with the land. It starts with the food. It starts with the hemp. That's where it comes to. That's why I let you know it's the triple entendre. Refill. Refill your life. Refill is actually both of my last names put together. Read and fill it. Yeah. Refill. Fuck with that. That's that. I like that. That was creative as fuck. We could like we could like the hemp for that one. But um, yeah, nah. So uh, what it, what is next for refill then? Um, so creating we actually that generational wealth. Uh, creating that generational wealth right now. Currently, we actually have a farm down in Georgia. That's yeah. dope. Yeah, we have a ten acre farm currently in Georgia. So, uh, the growing season just started. First full moon of the season just happened two days ago. What does that mean for agriculture and stuff? Is that like good luck or? Oh, so it just means the beginning beginning of the season. Oh, okay. okay. So you know when you're looking at agriculture, it's it's really about understanding the cycles of the earth and the cycles of what's going on around you. So you're looking at the uh, rotation of the um of the sun. You're looking at the rotation of the moon, seeing when the moon is looking at the phase of the moon. So you're going to want to start on the first full moon. Hmm. That was that a little sense. game for y'all. That's that that's a sense. real jewel. You could take that and you'll live forever with that. That's a gem. Mm-hmm. Y'all just got lucky. When it comes time I'm giving out too much game for free. Way too much. <laughs> we got the refillology coming up soon. Might have to go on OnlyFans soon. Like yeah, we got the refillology coming up. So like, <laughs> Yo, way too po- much game. Way put a podcast on it with just knowledge. Even, but the way thing is, look, I don't even do this. I don't even really. I, I work too hard. I work too hard to go on camera. Mm. I just started going on camera. Just started like doing all of this. My my inner circle told me, Yo, okay, you got to go out and you know. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on because Typat told me about you, and I this, was like, This yeah. is love. Well, I remember when you first followed me, and I was like. I was like, I saw obviously Playpad Media and you followed followed him back, and I was looking through the page. I was like, wait, who who is this? And then he texted me like probably twenty minutes after you followed me and was like, yo, my boy, da da da. And then from there, I was like, yo, let's do that. Like I was like, of course, give him my like, make a group message or something, bro. Like let's get oh, this I had going. To line it up. I had like to I'm ex- I'm I'm happy we finally got this yeah. done because one, like your your products and and what you do is something I truly believe in as well. Because like, really like pre- you said, I for really too long, that. for too long, like. We've been treating the earth like shit. We've been yeah. It's just time to get some earth. With it's our just time to refill the earth. Like, like I would to... rather take CBD and put on a CBD icy hot than take a fucking Tylenol hmm. any fucking day. That's love. Even yeah, even Tylenol like that, bro. Because that CBD shit all day. And that shit too. Like when you look into Tylenol and all that, like Tylenol, if you got bad inflammation, you mm-hmm. take that Tylenol, it brings your inflammation down, right? But what happens when that Tylenol wears off? Your infl- your inflammation comes back, but even worse. You know how many people are addicted to Advil. You know how many people are addicted to Advil? Oh, bro, you don't got to tell Advil, me. Advil, an Advil, if you want to talk about gateway drugs, 
easily a gateway. Yeah, I played ho- I played hockey and, and lacrosse, but more so in hockey. I played hockey with kids who would be like, would be like, oh, I got to take like four Advil before this game. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, are you good, bro? You're like, only you know Tuesday. It. I'm like, like, you know it don't work like that, right? Like, Tuesday, like, <laughs> I would love to get a stat sheet on the population of Americans that take prescription pills. Huge. I grew up listening to people who take pills every day telling me weed is a drug. So I'm looking at people. So I'm looking at high people. These people are high because they're in dosed. They're drugged up and they're telling me I'm high. Alleviated from some type of pain or whatever. Like they're tripping. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, in certain instances, <laughs> yeah, that stuff may be needed and, and may work. But like for some people, one, the cycle of it is so dangerous because think about how many people like they go to the hospital because they break something or they have a surgery so they get perks. I bet and you now they're addicted to that shit. I and bet you so, I like, can find slides to a different opioid like mm-hmm. and then it leads to heroin. Unless Look, you're in Florida, then you just go to this a pill is the mill solution. Right quick, which, more. Is crazy, which is crazy. Like, but this crazy. is the solution. The solution is the herbs. I bet you I can find a herb to substitute each different and not even hemp more not even hemp. i'm talking like herbs around the whole entire world yeah just understanding what the earth has really provided us Mm -hmm. so it's think about it for years for years like that whole thing that's called holistic medicine now that's like you know people look at it trend is that trendy i don't even know it's trendy trendy. i I live under a rock i don't know it's trendy it gotta be trendy holistic medicine is a thing (laughs) but you know they call it People doing what people in the West Indies always have that's done. always did that's all we land. did Just live off the land. And so, do you think that like your your the culture that that your family comes from and your culture kind of influenced this as well. That's a hundred percent. You just mentioned like that's nah, something that's that they've been doing in the West Indies. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I'm going down. Uh, so, um, growing up, like I'm going down to Grenada very often. Like I'm going down for about like four months out of the year, growing up until like fifteen. That's mm. when I started playing football. Mm. Well, no, football, like varsity and shit like that. I probably didn't start playing football like, what, nine years old? Yeah, because when I moved out to Connecticut, we was playing, I was playing football, right? Yeah. I was busting ass. <laughs> nah, he was, he, he's 6'5", though. So, like, he, he, I, I wasn't 6'5", like, like, back, back then. He was 6'1", back then. Definitely like, a tall kid, though. Definitely a tall kid. Definitely definitely one of those dudes was, who, like, nah, he was tall went home Nike. for summer break one year and came back, like, a whole foot taller. Yo, it was, like, so weird. When he came to Connecticut, he was tall and fast. And was, he, was, he, was, he was speed fast, and he knew how to use his legs. Oh, man. That was the good old days. So, like... That's the golden days. Leg, like, legs, like, uh, like, so... It was like that. I'll give you that. Football, football was here. fun. You know, it was so funny. Like, I never, like, I think I finished my football career, like, high school. After my senior year, we lost in the state chip. I just, it was over after Hung that. up the cleats. Huh? Yeah. I got denied from Brockport. I'm thinking, I'm so, like, foolish. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, sports is, like, everything, like. <laughs> but that, nah, that's really how it is in high school. You that's know, what I especially when you're nice. I especially when you're nice. I don't care like, about grades. Like you know, I'm thinking, all right, but if I pass, I'll be all right. You know, coach tell me, oh yeah, you just got to go through with the school. All right, cool. School. Oh, access denied. I'm like, the fuck. Like oh, no football. Reality checks you real fast, bro. Reality checked me so fast. The next day on my yo on me, I went to the court and started shooting free throws, and I said, fuck, I'm playing ball. On God. Wait, what time is it? Real quick. Did you ever win any chips in ball? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so we still um, got like another ten minutes. We won the um we won the conference chip first my freshman year at Purchase. That was probably the best basketball team ever assembled in Purchase history. Our point guard is six seven. Shout out Ryan Lobin. The point guard is taller than him. Our shooting guard is 6'3". Shout out Dre Nixon. Our small forward is 6'3". Shout out Just. Our power forward is 6'7". Shout out my son Dave. That's fucking crazy. Our center is 7'2". Shout out my son Joel. See, that ain't even fair. I'm like, you could at least give me L and B. Let's go, boy. Yo, bro, that's the starting five. Hey, yo. The point guard is six seven. He's giving whoever his matchup is a night. So <laughs> he's giving his matchup especially a night. At, what what uh, division is per this is D three. Yeah, so especially at D three, because you know so there's some undersized night, point guards night. who made it, you know. But what I'm see, saying? that's the thing. Don't get don't get a trip. There's some good ass this Oh some, not for sure. Yo, there is some goods in D three. For sure. And being nationally ranked, we was nationally ranked twelve. Oh, word. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so crazy. we was up there, yeah. So me, look, I'm in the mix. Keep in mind, I'm a freshman, bro. So I'm like, um, y'all ever seen that show, uh, Blue Mountain State? Yeah, of course. So I'm kind of playing that kind of role right there. Like, I'm on, I'm on the bench. Keep in mind, like I said, I'm playing the five. So my the starter is is seven foot. I'm not getting in no time soon. I'm probably getting some dirt minutes my freshman year. It's cool. But listen, I'm lit. I'm getting all the rest of the perks. That lineup is wild, bro. That wild. That lineup is wild. Practice is beastie. And we giving definitely them a run for their money. Definitely develop your games. Yeah. But um word, so before before we gotta end this, I wanna get back to you talking about how uh, you know, like your roots really affected bringing refill to life. Oh, right. So just um understanding like the Caribbean and West Indian culture and just growing up, understanding that, you know, you could go outside and just pick from the tree or understand the different um herbs and Kids know the different herbs. This is a culture. Yeah. That's the difference. Like my my little cousin, he can choose individual herbs and tell you which uh benefits this and which benefits that. And they're so different and precise and exact. And it's just incredible to see people actually acknowledging the difference mm. with the earth and actually absorbing the benefits that come with the earth. And coming back up to Westchester and seeing people in mansions all depressed, always aggy, always got something to say, disrespecting their parents. It's like, whoa, 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 what's going on right now? You feel me? It's like, nah. I feel like even in America, like going going back to like the difference between, you know, someplace like the islands and then here, like. I feel like here you couldn't even like just I, I wouldn't want to hear just go and pick a herb off a tree because like you wouldn't want to do because that pesticides and shit. Exactly. I'm scared. I'm gonna like, first thing you're gonna think of. And it's all it, it's all of those chemicals exactly. exactly. So and down there, like it's not like that. It's nah. not like that. You can all go natural. outside, like so, so. Every every West Indies person has done this. You can go right outside of wherever you wherever you're at, whatever grandma's house, wherever house you at. You can pick a sugar cane, chop it right down, and you could peel a cane. Eat the sugar cane right there. I feel like that's the way to live. Not, that's not that's the best way to live. Doing Mango, up here, pick man. a mango like, off the tree. That's the best way to live. Pick a coconut off the tree. 
All of that. Yeah. Relax in paradise. That's the way to really live, you know? Yes. So just having that humbling upbringing, it, I guess it does something to your soul and you just look at life in a different light. I could, I could definitely see and understand how it would do that. Though, right. For real. Cause honestly, it sounds like, like I said, it sounds like a better life doing, doing that all day. I'd rather just chill all day than be up here with fucking all live these off the land. And yeah, like that sounds so the, much better. Like being right. able to live off the land than, like you know, can't tell me GMO'd up frosted you flakes. You can't from tell the me the scariest thing is you can't tell me where none of your food comes from. Yeah, no, nah, uh, no. And even if you say I got that from Stop and <laughs> I tried shop, to think like, too. I was like, well, you even can't, if you tell me I got that from Stop and Shop, you can't tell me exactly where your food came from. Not good enough. How it's scary is that? It's you can't even trust the labels. And even if you try to trust whatever that box says, you know, like you can't. At least, at least in refill, I know where I'm growing that. That's coming from that ground. So, Even if you try to unless trust you're the really company, going though, like farm to work. table type stuff, we are you know, going, going farm to table. I'm saying no, like if instead of going to the grocery store, oh yeah, like you're going to like an actual farm to exactly. get your meat or your, you know, your, yeah, your unless you're going to a farmer's market, you can't really say where you know your stuff yeah. comes from. And that's like mind boggling. <laughs> where's nah, this for real? Like, where's I'm this food coming like, from right I'm now? I'm at like a loss for words. I want to say <laughs> with that, like, damn, shit, are we doing too much? Nah, this has been an eye-opening for real for me, like. <laughs> okay. Because I never, like, the stuff you're talking about going down, like, I've never, you know, like I said, my family's Italian and, and German if we were to go back in time, but, like, I don't know, like, I don't, the most that I know of, I don't got no family over there, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, I don't go, I can't The most important thing there. is conversation. That's facts. That's yeah. facts. The more conversation we have is the more people start trying to figure out a solution. Cause it's a big disconnect, yeah. It's a big Indeed, disconnect. Yeah, it's a big Out disconnect. <laughs> Put the cotton on. <laughs> CBD. So uh, I wish we could keep this going. We're definitely gonna have to do an episode like this again, a hundred percent. But I want to let we you guys. We definitely need the part two. Yes, sir. I definitely want to let you guys have a chance to. Uh, Shout out yourselves. Shout out your brands on social media or whatever, wherever the people can find you at. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me at playpat underscore. That's my Instagram. That's my main Instagram. You can follow my uh, business page, Playpat Media, and then also follow Inform Stats as well. Yeah. Sir, shout out. Ooh, Inform. shout out Inform Stats. <laughs> shout out <laughs> Inform. That's my brother Mark. He know about me. Yeah, ask him on the football field. <laughs> um. Kayvon Reed, Refill. You can find me at Instagram, Refill underscore LLC. That's two L's. Um, And on Facebook, Refill LLC. So everybody will be, you know, both these guys will be linked in the description. So definitely check that out. Definitely follow them. Keep up with both of them. But uh, you guys know where to find us on Instagram at Planet Creative Podcast on YouTube at Planet Creative Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment on whatever you're using. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Good All right. Thank you.